Good afternoon. My name is Johnny Russell, and I am Drew's Young Life Leader. I have been tasked with reading Drew's obituary. Uh, and two days ago, Miss Tina sent me a text and said, Hey, I drew, uh, wrote Drew a letter. Would you mind reading it? And I was like, Oh my gosh, no, I would love to do that. Until I printed it off and wept uncontrollably and immediately regretted saying yes. So thank you, Tina. Um, and then I'm going to say a few remarks, and I'm going to have an opening prayer, and then uh, we will continue on with the memori- memorial. So this is Drew's obituary. Andrew Drew Tillman Harris passed away on Wednesday, March 30th, 2022, at Christus Mother Francis Hospital in Tyler. Drew was born February 5th, 1994, in Tyler to Keith and Tina Lineberry Harris. Drew graduated from Robert E. Lee High School in 2013 and attended Blinn Junior College in Bryan, Texas. He was employed by Rudy's Barbecue in both Tyler and College Station, and most recently at Rockdale Country Ford in Rockdale, Texas. Drew was preceded in death by his grandparents, Tim and Louise Harris, and Tom Moore. Drew is survived by his mother, Tina Lineberry Harris, Father Keith and Sheila Harris, Brothers Dane Harris and Dalton Nikki Harris, <clears throat> grandmother Betty Moore, uncles Mike and Christy Harris, Kenny Harris and Tommy Moore, aunt Sherry and Chuck Bradshaw, cousins Ashley Moore, Brandy and Tom Hinckley, Deanna Moore, Rasha Stinson, Dylan and Kelly Moore, Kristen Moore, JP and Jennifer Sordelia, Megan and Travis Granberry, Molly Harris. Jessica and Jeff Moncure and Brandon Harris. Honorary pallbearers be Nathan Williams, Lane Hager, Tucker Boyd, Clayton McCarter, Bryce Brawley, Nick Tutt, Tommy Moore, Chad Newland, and John David Cobb. This is Tina's letter uh, to Drew and to each of you and us. We serve a mighty and loving God, and as I try to find the words and to say, I hear God speaking to my shattered heart. I feel his love and presence with me. The three words that keep coming to my heart are, but God knows. We will never understand why he only gave us Drew for 28 years, but God knows. When Drew got so sick back in August and his dad and I both agreed it was time for him to move back home, we had no idea at that time how sick he really was. But God knew. And we had no idea at that time we only had seven months left with him. But God knew. And God knew that I would need that time with him and that I would cherish the moments and memories I got to make with him these last few months. How incredibly thankful that we had him here close to us. God knew. The Sunday before Drew passed away, I spent the night crying in prayer. And I told God, Drew is your child, and you have given him to me for 28 years. And if you're ready to take him home, I will give him back to you. God knew. Our faithful father was preparing my heart, and I knew it. To Drew's friends, I ask that you keep his love alive through your lives. So many of you have shared the sweetest stories, and that is such comfort to us. Keep his memory alive. Reconnect with others. Share his stories And the wonderful things he did with each of you. Let him live on through you. To my families, both mine and Keith's, hold dear the memories and fun times. Let it bond us together and stay close to one another. 
Drew is a part of each and every one of us. To his brothers, Dane, you are my first true and unconditional love. You gave me my greatest name and title, Mom. You were the first piece of my heart, Dalton. You are the piece that holds us together, the connecting piece to my heart. And Drew, you are the piece that completed my heart. The words may not have been said often, but he loved y'all and he looked up to the both of you. As his mom, I knew without a doubt y'all had his back and would do anything in the world for him. He knew you both loved him so much. And Nikki, he, he knew the same from you too. To Keith, thank you for giving me the greatest blessings of my life. Drew is a part of us and I'm so thankful you were his dad. He loved you dearly and I'm so glad you got to spend many hours on the phone with him and spend, with, spend time with him here. It deepened the bond between the two of you. And to Sheila, thank you for look, loving my son like your own. Our family needed you and God knew you would be the perfect bonus mom for our boys. God knows the days ahead will be difficult, but what I've realized this past week is this. God knows. He knows this hurt and he knows this pain for he too lost his son. Thank you, Danny, for sharing those words with us when you stayed by our side in the hospital. His plan is perfect. His timing is perfect. And there is so much on this side of eternity we will never understand. But God knows, and during my moments of questioning, I will hear the words, but God knows. And that will bring peace and comfort to my heart and soul. My precious baby boy, you were so loved and I was so extremely proud of you. I love you more than life itself and I will miss you with every beat of my broken heart. I will see you again and I know that you will be waiting for me when I run into the arms of Jesus too. Until then, I know you will forever be watching over me and all of us. You will forever be my huckleberry. I love you big, Drudy, Mom. Uh, Drew was a lover of life. He loved being with people. He longed to be known. He loved to laugh. He loved to goof off. Drew was a silly dude. The reality is that Drew um, was just like the rest of us. We were designed, created to be in relationship with each other. In fact, we were designed and created by our designer, by our creator, to be in relationship with him, God the Father. I'm reminded and challenged by Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, which says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. Drew loved to meet together. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us pray. Jesus, I pray that this memorial would lift your name really high and would celebrate Drew really well. Thank you for his life. Would you be honored? It's in your name. Amen.
In the section of Isaiah that begins in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12, God begins to warn his people. He begins to warn the people of Israel of their coming captivity. God says that he's going to send a foreign army to come and to overtake and to capture the people of Israel. And some of the language and imagery that is used in this section of Isaiah to describe the coming captivity is that of a desert and of a wilderness. You see, the former people of Israel, the ancestors of those that Isaiah is speaking to, had had a wilderness experience before with God. When God, through Moses, led the people of Israel out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and into the promised land. And so God is telling his people once again that they're going to have another time in the desert, that they're about to face another wilderness experience. And for those of us gathered here today, you probably feel very similar the people of Israel, as you find yourself in your own desert, faced with your own wilderness experience. But you know, it's in the midst of the desert, it's in the midst of time in the wilderness that God gives these words of hope to Israel. Isaiah chapter 40 Beginning in verse 28, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As we, like Israel, deal with time in the wilderness... My prayer is that we will allow these words of hope. That we will allow times when we think about our Lord to fill us with hope. To fill us with hope as we remember the past. You know, part of what God is wanting Israel to do here is to remember the past. Remember that their ancestors had gone through something similar before, but then to remember that God was with them. And so I pray that as we think about our Lord, that we will be filled with hope of the past, particularly hope of memories, hopeful memories of the time that we spent with Drew. As mentioned a moment ago, Drew did like to have fun. He did like to to joke around, and I remember plenty 
of times that he and I did that while we were in the youth group here, plenty of trouble that we got into. Danny could probably tell plenty of stories about times that something like that happened. But you know, when I think about hope from past memories, where my mind goes is to basketball. And the reason is because Drew was a pretty good basketball player, and he and I played a ton of basketball right across the street over the Family Life Center on Wednesday nights during Wednesday night meals before Bible class would start. Now, he was about a year and a half older than I was, so he was always a little bit bigger, faster uh, than me. But the problem was we were both fierce competitors, and so we would compete playing with each other most Wednesday nights. And I have no doubt that there were plenty of Wednesdays that we would get done playing and we would get ready to go uh, to Bible class for the evening where we absolutely hated each other because of what had happened out on the basketball court. I have no doubt that that was the case, but we would be back the next week to play once again. And it's those kinds of memories that I pray will bring us hope. But I also pray that as we think about these words of hope here in Isaiah, as we think about our God, that we will be filled with hope in the present. God reminds the people of Israel that he is the creator God. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow faint like human beings do, but he is always there and that those who rely on him will run and not grow weary. They will mount wings like eagles. They shall walk and not God reminds Israel that he is with them in the present. And so I pray that we will be filled with hope of our ever-present God. But God also reminds Israel of their future. He says, you will go through this time, I will be with you, but ultimately I will bring you through it. And so I pray that we will not only be filled, hope, be filled with hope from memories from the past, be filled with hope in our ever-present God, but also be filled with hope as we look to the future, as we remember what God has in store for us and where he is leading us and that which we hope and wait for God to do. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we just want to thank you for who you are. We thank you for being a God of hope, of peace, of joy, a God who is ever-present with us. Lord, we pray at this time that you will fill us with hope, that you will fill us with peace as you fill us with memories from the past. You fill us with those great memories, the great times that each one of us got to spend with Drew, that we will remember the lasting impact that he left on each and every one of our lives, the way that our lives have changed for the better because of him. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us in the present, your presence with us at this moment in time, that even when we find ourselves in the wilderness, even when we walk through a valley of the shadow of death, we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to be hopeless. We have no reason to lack joy because you are with us. Your rod, your staff, they comfort us as you walk alongside of us, and we thank you for your presence. We pray that you will show us 
that presence, that you will turn our faces towards you. But Lord, we also thank you for the way that you bless our future. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the hope that you lay ever before us. Lord, it's in your son's name, your son who gives us this hope, this joy that we have in you. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Drew Harris. Each of us here today were touched by Drew in some special way. We each have our own special memories. He could make you laugh. He could make you smile. He could annoy the daylights out of you too. He was personable and friendly, loyal, was a good friend. Drew had a nickname. Don't know if you knew about it. It was Gravy. He loved gravy. He'd order biscuits and gravy just so he could eat the gravy. When Drew was little, he would always take off to the toy section and over the intercom, would the parents of Bunky please come to the service desk? Or in a fit, he would decide that he was going to run away to Mimi's. He always had his woody doll, woody pajamas, and woody vest. He never got more than a block away, and he would come home with all the woody stuff. He even dressed up as a cowboy, just like John Travolta in Greece. And he loved his sports, all of them. He and Keith had many long conversations in recent months talking about sports, all kinds of sports. What great memories that is. But Drew was definitely the baby of the family, the baby brother specifically. Dalton and Drew shared a bedroom all through growing up. Dalton would kick him out of the bedroom when his buddies would come over because we couldn't afford to have a little brother around in there. Even in his early high school years, he would get bullied a bit, but his big brother Dalton and his buddy stepped in and took care of the problem. Dalton and Drew had this ongoing conversation about who could cook the better barbecue. Dalton got a new green egg, and Drew would tell him how to cook on it. Never lacking in competition, Drew, Drew just thought that because he worked at Rudy's that he knew barbecue better than anybody else. In fact, working at Rudy's, it was in College Station that he really got to know a bunch of the Aggie football players and, quite honestly, got to know Coach Sumlin a little bit. And apparently, he snuck Nikki and her friends some barbecue when they would come in, maybe every time they came in. And he loved to sit around Grandma's fire pit and strum on his guitar, and sing by the fire. He loved to sing, but he sure couldn't carry a tune. 
Mimi writes this, coming home through Franklin one day, I asked Drew if he needed to stop and potty. He was playing in the floorboard. We got about four miles out of Franklin. He said, Mimi, I need to potty. I said, Andrew Tillman. And he said, are you mad? I said, no. Then why did you call me Andrew Tillman? It's a funny thing about middle names, isn't it? Kristen Moore, uh, Tina's niece, has a letter to share. Um, She'll be making her way up here. I'm Kristen Moore, and Drew is my baby cousin. And this is from his beloved Aunt Sherry. Some memories. Actually, it's a lot of memories. I told her we might get uh, accused of filibustering, so just bear with me. Drew, when the Lord blessed this earth by giving Tina and Keith a third baby boy to love you and cherish, he also bestowed upon you one of the greatest gifts a child could inherit. You were born with love all around you, mother, father, your brothers, grandparents, cousins, uncles, aunts, and very special Aunt Sherry. I pray that most of you have been blessed with that one special person to whom you could confide your fears, express your emotions, and always be welcomed with warm hugs and words of encouragement. For most people in my family, that's Aunt Sherry. Aunt Sherry wants to share some of the many, many treasured memories of her time with you here on earth. Your mom and dad were generous with you, and I was able to enjoy you and love you as if you were my own baby. I felt the same with all my nieces and nephews, but the three Ds were my special boys. When we told Grandma Snelson that Tina was going to have another baby, She said, shut your mouth. She has enough already. And we all laughed at that. And you know, Poppy Bill told me once that the Loretta Lynn song, One's on the Way, reminded him of your house. (laughs) I remember all the trips to take your mom for Taco Bell and Diet Cherry Cokes from Dairy Queen. I wonder how many trips we made to McDonald's and Walmart. It must have been close to 1,000. As one of the cousins, we appreciated that a lot. Your doll, Woody, from Toy Story, you always had to have his vest, which always seemed to get lost at night when it was time to go to sleep, so we spent a lot of time looking for Woody's vest. You never got tired of putting all the coins you could get from us into those gumball machines at the store. Your Papa Tom called them slot machines for kids. On the morning of your big debut, Mrs. Harris, a.k.a. Mama, knocked on my door and said, Aunt Sherry, it's time to go. We arrived just in time to hear your first cry. You were the roundest little thing I had ever seen. I got to hold you and get a picture with you, and then off to work I went. When Mimi and Papa came to meet you, Dalton, used to being the baby then, would cling to Mimi's legs and beg, Mimi, put the baby down. Mimi, take baby home. When you got a little older, 
your big brother Dane, a.k.a. Bubby, would go tinkle and you would just giggle and giggle at that. Is that what you wrote? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I was like, okay. <laughs> your first birthday at Mama's, you had a cold and your mom was just so happy that she got to hold you like a little baby again, at least for that one whole day. Your mom really appreciated that you didn't make a huge fuss over being put in your car seat, unlike Dalton, who would scream and throw a fit every time as if she was putting him in the electric chair. Up at the place in Rockdale, you'd be standing out on the porch in your diaper, and not yet talking, you would gabber and baby talk and point at the cows, and Papa Tom would say, I can't understand you, you talk like a Dutchman. Ashley Moore probably remembers watching Robin Hood over and over and over again with you. Ashley, you were so sweet and patient to do that. You boys came to visit on Thanksgiving, and we were late to see the movie Toy Story, so we had to sit in the very front row. You were so little that you had to move your head from side to side just to see the whole screen. On the way to the movie, you and Dalton were messing around with the garment rod hanging in the back of the van, and you thought you broke it. You were so afraid to get in trouble that you just rode the whole way holding it up in place. <laughs> it's awesome. One year, Mimi caught you kids picking blue bonnets in her garden, and she asked you if you want a spanking or a timeout. And Dalton turned to you and said, Drew, do we want a spanking or a timeout? <laughs> Chasing chickens in your rubber boots, trying to get the chickens back in the coop. Sorry, I told you there was a lot of them. Um, oh, and petting Sean, the ram. We both thought Sean was a really great name for a sheep, and we thought that the family had had been eaten by a cougar and so he was lonely and you made him feel welcome. You would call and ask me over the last two years where we were going on our trips and you were tracking us on the map. Watching football with your number 15 jersey in Mimi's living room on game day. You would go in your bedroom to watch Aggies because you knew I was not a fan. Uh, tolerating my love of the horns, the hogs, and tech. Watching Family Feud with Steve Harvey and laughing. You missed a funny one this week. Uh, being our IT person, especially when I needed help with the new truck you sold us, connecting our phones to all the IT, and taking us to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house because you thought it was cool. I thought of you this Sunday while watching The Day Tripper. Chet was handed a flamethrower and was asked, do you want to try it? He stopped, looked at the camera, and said, yes, I do, always. Really reminds him of you. Uh, you always loved Aerosmith. For Halloween, you wanted to be dressed up like Steven Tyler, and you asked me to make you a costume. I wish I would have done that for you. You always asked about my cats. Our last phone calls, you always uh, asked about Darth. You called him Dardar. You were the first to call me after we lost my sweet sissy. Please tell her hello and Noni and Skittles. 
You are always sending me cat videos. I still have them on my phone. Uh, don't even get me started with our love of football and how you told me you had to call Mahomes on signing day and talk to him and always watching his games in your number 15 uh, jersey. Googling stairway to heaven to see what number that week it would be in the top 100. P.S. It's number five this week. Discussing the song and mar marvel at it. You really loved your music and Aerosmith. Then the years flew by and you grew up. My memories go to you living in Rockdale. You built your huge fire pit. You always wanted to have a fire and listen to music on your disco light speaker. We had so much fun, you trying to stump us on Name That Tune, although we were pretty good because you used music that we knew. Being your aunt is, and was, as with all my nieces and nephews, a great honor. Not being able to have children, I wear my Aunt Sherry title proudly. I'll miss you with all my heart that there is. Love, Aunt Sherry. Uncle Tommy was pretty special to Drew as well. Drew learned his love for guitars from Uncle Tommy. Tommy always said that Drew is my little buddy. These are the things he said about Drew. He was a picker. He had a good touch with that guitar. He was very special. We shared a lot. He loved you, Tommy. He loved you so much. Growing up as brothers in a family has its challenges. It also has its incredible memories. No matter how far apart sometimes it seems to get, we're still brothers. And I can tell you boys that I lost two of my brothers about 10 years ago, and I still miss them today. Wish I could be with them, and you will too, for a long time. But that time will get better. I asked Dalton and Drew to write a letter. Dalton, I'm sorry, Dalton and Dane to write a letter to Drew, and I just want to share those with you. This is Dane's letter. Dear little brother, it was hard to see you go on March 30th, 2022 at 9.36 p.m. Aunt Sherry told me as we waited for Dalton to arrive that being at the hospital was the easy part. The hard part is going to be at Thanksgiving and Christmas, birthdays and family reunions. For myself, I think the hardest part will be knowing that your life stopped at 28 years old while ours will keep on going. I know that you were in pain for the last couple of years, pain that I know all too well. Anxiety and depression are not easy to go through nor overcome. I'm truly sorry that you were not able to win that battle. You're no longer in pain, little brother. You are free from the suffering. It wasn't long after 9.36 p.m. on Wednesday, March 30th, 2022, that I started to notice family members gather that previously could not have been in the same room together. Suddenly, nothing else seemed to matter to us. 
Our past battles and turmoil no longer seem to dictate how we interact with one another. And this made me think, was this your purpose? Were you placed on this earth to do this? Were you sacrificed so that our family could be whole again? Has someone or something placed you in our lives to suffer, struggle, and make us aware of something that we otherwise would have never thought of? That the only thing that matters is that we need to be together to laugh, to love, and to be united. You will be greatly missed, little brother, and it is with a sad and heavy heart that I say goodbye. Love, your older brother, Dane. And Dalton writes, I hate that I'm having to write this, but I'm glad that you're no longer struggling. I didn't realize how bad you were hurting, and it pains me that I wasn't able to help you more than I did. Growing up together, we have more memories than I can count. I selfishly want so many more, but our time here together is gone, and you're on to a better place. Sharing a room with you for so many years... I know I could get tired of you, but now those are the times I cherish the most. We would fight and at times not be able to stand each other, but they say that's what brothers do. I wouldn't have the patience I have now if it wasn't for having to live in a room with you for almost 18 years. (laughs) Thank you for that. Growing up, I always envied many things about you. One was your fearlessness. One of my most vivid memories is of us riding bikes to school when we were young. You would ride your bike as fast as you could down the hills without your hands while I was far behind with my hands on the brakes. It only went up from there when eventually you bought a dirt bike. I would never ride it, but I always enjoyed watching you take all the risks on it. One time you finally did convince me to ride my skateboard down a steep hill because it wasn't that bad. Surely, sure enough... I ended up with a broken arm. So thank you for that as well. Also, when it came to music, you had much better taste than I did. But I would never let you know that. If anyone would ever ask, anything you listened to was never as good as the few songs I would have to Google lyrics to actually know the words to. Another one of your talents I wish I had was your guitar playing. It was always fun listening to you play songs around the fire at the family reunions, even though you could have used a couple of voice lessons. Now, I definitely could smoke any barbecue better than you, but I'd let you think you could. There are so many more things I could write about, but we just don't have enough time to talk about all those. I don't know and won't understand how you felt these last few months. But you should know that so many cared for and loved you, Drew. The last couple of days, more people than I can mention have reached out to us to tell how much you meant to them. You've made a big impact on a huge group of people, and they're all here to remember you. You left this world with so many friends, and now you get to watch over all of them. I know you will always be in all our hearts. I love you so much, Drew. Now here are the hard things for me to say. I have so many regrets for the things I didn't do. I didn't call you enough. I didn't check in as much as I should have. I didn't give you as much advice as I should have. I didn't tell you how proud I was of you and still am. I've said a lot of things to you I wished I hadn't, but I know you always forgave me. Sometimes I was tough on you, but please know that it was out of love. Even though I didn't say it often, you were a great brother and a better friend. I had your back and you always had mine. You and I 
had a few minutes together before you left this earth. Everything I told you in those moments was the truth. And I'm so happy that we had one last chance to talk. Going forward, it would be difficult to go through life without you. But it is comforting knowing you'll be watching over all of us. I can't, be, I can't wait to be with you again. But until then, I love you, Drew, your big brother, Dalton. The natural order of life never meant for a parent to bury their child. It's just not the natural way. The pain is deafening, the questions never ending, and the light at the end of the tunnel tunnel seems non-existent. But the light is there, and each day we'll get a little better. Sometimes we wonder where Will our help come from? And in the midst of that pain, there is one who knows exactly what it's like to lose a son. Our God, our creator, our sustainer, he watched his son die on that cross. And he knows your pain. Even King David had to bury his child. And he was comforted by his faith in the Lord. He believed without a shadow of a doubt what he had penned in the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that you are with me. You see, God's promises are real and they're timely. We will have to walk through that dark valley at times, every one of us. But we're not alone. And even when we think we are, He's right there with us. His love, his comfort, and his peace are real. And they're present. And he will never leave you to walk through the valley alone. Just 28 years. It just seems not right. It's too early, we say. And Drew's death is a tragic loss. Every single person in this room has pondered these questions and thoughts. What could I have done or said? And the answer is probably nothing. Nothing that would have changed this outcome. We say, I wish I had. And those things we cannot change. We can allow them to eat us up, but we cannot change the past. But we can change what and how we do life and family moving forward. The world and its troubles are real. Anxiety and depression are real. But while those things are real, they do not define Who we are. God does. Those struggles impact our walk. But they don't determine our path. We were meant for so much more. In John 10, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And later in chapter 16, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. And it's only through Jesus Christ 
can we be what we were created for? One of the songs that we listened to earlier was Casting Crowns, and in one of their songs are these words. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died, like a tree planted by the water, we will never run dry. So living water flowing through, God, we thirst more for you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire, just to know you and make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, make darkness run and hide. We know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to do more than survive. We were made to thrive. So today, you and I, focus on one of those special moments that you had with Drew. Just pick one. And in his honor, determine that you'll live life differently by living more than ordinary lives. Being more purposeful in your relationships. And showing more love to all of those around you. With a focus on the one who gives us life to the fullest, Jesus Christ. I believe that if Drew were standing here, he would say, that's a good plan. We can't change the past, but we can change our future. On behalf of the family, thank you for being here, for the words and encouragement and notes, everything over the past week and a half. Thank you. Thank you for loving Drew and for loving this family. We're going to close this service with a prayer. And then there's going to be a song. During that song, we will escort the family to the foyer area. And uh, when that song is finished, you'll have an opportunity to visit with them. Again, thank you for being here. Let us pray together. God, our hearts hurt, and we know you know. When we don't think that we can make it through, you said we can, and we know you know. And Father, today, as we wrap our arms around this family, And as we honor the memories of Drew and the way that he impacted our lives, we pray, Father, that we can make the future different than we have the past. That we can be what you have called us to be and created us to be. That we can honor Drew's memory with really making a difference in the world around us by loving more, caring more, and living life to the fullest like you promised us. Help us, Father, to honor you in our walk and that our walk will honor others. 
It's through Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.